You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Welcome back to The Express with Daniel Shahori and Bilal Vulkani. Night of Champions or nothing, Dan, on a weekend where there are not one, not two, but three premium live events or pay-per-views, whatever they are. I am left not thoroughly impressed and looking at three cards where of the three events, I think the most titles will actually change hands on NXT. And that's not a ringing endorsement for the programs that go with them or the reasons champions can retain. Do you feel this underwhelmed going into this crazy weekend of wrestling? Underwhelmed and simultaneously overwhelmed because there's so much of it. But there's so much of things that I don't really care about. But obviously, as a fan and for, you know, we like to talk about things like this. I enjoy this, but there's a lot. There's a lot. And 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 every company is teasing more, more hours, more shows, more. And it's anyways. Yeah. So that's how I feel about this. But, uh, you know, uh, I'm still going to watch. Let's start with the WWE Night of Champions show, which was supposed to be King of the Ring, and I think this was definitely the wrong decision. The only titles that are actually on the line are the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship, the Mm -hmm. World Heavyweight Championship, which you had to do, Mm -hmm. and the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championship, which realistically will explain why they're they're not going to change hands, even though they're on shows that don't even think it's, it's a complete mess. And yet... You have the WWE undisputed champion Roman Reigns in the show. He has two belts. He's not defending those. Gunther is doing it. Gunther is doing it. I neglected to mention that. The U.S. champion is not doing it. The match Gunther has is not going to necessarily lead to a title change. The women's tag team championships, despite being vacated, for probably good reason, are not being defended on this show. It it is crazy to me, Dan, because Night of Champions is not a hard pay-per-view you just defend all the championships and they've somehow conspired to not just not do that, but to literally put a champion on this show and have him not defend his champion. And in every single one of these matches, Dan, I am almost completely convinced none of them with the exception of the one that is in no one's hands currently will change hands. Like it's not going to happen. No, it's not. And you're right. Like the the main, the big, the head of the table champion is not defending. Uh, so be it. Uh, I probably, or not probably, there's a very good chance that come SmackDown, Austin Theory will have a match mm-hmm. for this card. Yeah. Uh, maybe, like, I don't know. I don't, but you you don't seem like a, a type of guy to check spoilers. So mm-hmm. this was pre taped last week. So maybe. We'll, we'll find out tonight regardless. But uh, yeah, I hear you. There's a, but it, it, again, it, it's a bit of a, I don't know. It feels like a bit of a slap in the face mm-hmm. to crown this new champion on the same show that the the main real champion is there, yeah. not defending anything. Yeah. it's So let's start with Cody versus Brock, which I will always say would be a lot better if Cody was just, the undisputed champion. And and I think you could easily, and other people have already argued this. If Roman didn't have that championship, it would make a lot more sense for him to go for the tag team championships. And it would also make a lot more sense for Brock Lesnar to even care about Cody to the extent, like like the whole thing crumbles when you reverse engineer it to, okay, Brock Lesnar can't win a world title because Roman has it. He's had his chance. So what does he do when he's presented with the opportunity to give someone a rematch for a title they should win, and therefore someone he could fight for the title, he screws them over and gets stuck in an endless feud with this person. Um, and doesn't even let that person become the new heavyweight champion. To what end? Like, And he's not even going for the other belt. Yeah, he, uh, it's just mind-boggling. Um, I, I guess uh, this is going to be one of these things, Dan. It's very much like the Cody-Seth Rollins feud. I think it's going to be a trilogy. Uh, it'll probably be fine on the night of. Yeah. Cody's trying to replicate the angle with the ta- uh, with the torn pack or whatever. And I think they've been careful to not quite make it as bad as last time. It's more of the idea of it. I guess Brock has to get the win here. And then after Cody wins Money in the Bank and wins a real title, then maybe you do round three at WrestleMania or something, I guess. 
I, I, maybe it sounds that's, you know, you never know. There's two uh, masters in this company mm-hmm. that are being fed right now. There's Triple H and then there's Vince. Yep. And it, they can't decide which direction to go in. So this, uh, I believe this is what started this problem at Mania where Cody probably, mm-hmm. probably was going to win and somebody changed that. Mm-hmm. Um, then this new belt came along. Mm. The same reason it's it, there's a, you know, so what, why I'm bringing this up is that you, you lay out a logical path where Cody would win mm. money in the bank and so on and so forth. But I don't even know if that's going to happen. Yeah. I could, like, I, I don't know if he's going to win that. Uh, it's likely that he's still going to win this other belt, this new belt mm. at some point down the line. Yep. Uh, I don't know. Uh, and a lot of people are going to be let go in the next month. We have mm-hmm. no idea what's happening. Uh, yep. Come money in the bank, come SummerSlam, you never know. So it's it's a confusing, it's confusing. There's been a lot of confusing decisions that have been made, and it's led to an underwhelming and overwhelming situation. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, Canadians, taking on the bloodline. In this case, not the Usos, as we talked about last month. Like, literally, it's uh, Dan, I just had to change the Usos to WWE Undisputed Champion, Roman Reigns, and Solo Sokoa. I, I really don't think there's anything, absolutely anything in giving Roman and Solo these titles. I think you would just cheapen four belts at once at this point. He's not even defending the undisputed title. How the hell is he going to defend these titles? But there is something in Sammy or Kevin pins Roman, pins Solo, um, and you begin to further you know, drive the wedge between the Usos and Roman Reigns one way or another, uh, regardless of who the pinfall is. And there's some intrigue there. Uh, again, I think it's greatly diminished by the fact Roman has this undisputed championship and literally no one is trying to take it from him on SmackDown, which Nobody. is preposterous, like absolutely insane. Uh, nobody's even talking about it sheepishly. sheepishly. Um, but I guess that's a story if Roman especially gets pinned or solo. So what you said uh, that they... It would be a waste for them to do it to put on, give this man four belts. Yep. Doesn't, and as I've often said to you on this show, it doesn't mean they won't do it. Yep. It doesn't mean that. Uh, I don't, my heart of hearts, I don't think that they will. It can Mm. go either way. Mm. Uh, But it's a big possibility. My, my biggest, uh, interest in this match is how, how do you think this audience is going to treat Sami Zayn? Yeah. So my understanding is whatever issue that the Saudis had with the Syrians, and it was never an issue with Sami Zayn. Sure. It was an issue with the country of Syria. That issue has been resolved. How the Saudi public feels about the Syrians is a great question. I really don't know. I guess the better question is, regardless of whatever that feeling is, and the beauty of it is you and I don't know that feeling, is Sami Zayn and to a lesser extent Kevin Owens, are they so over that they will get cheered in this environment. It'll be a similar question with Mustafa Ali, who's Pakistani, uh, Pakistani American, that is. It'll be very interesting to see. It could very well be a situation where they cheer Roman Reigns on because it's just a different market. It's just a different way they see people. And maybe that makes sense. Uh, But honestly, a total toss up, because even if I'm right, it might be for totally different reasons. I have a feeling he's going to be warmly embraced. Yeah, I hope so. Like, I like think one that of, one would of, be a good as moment. in one of the bigger stars on the possibly possibly mm-hmm. as you know as big as Cody on the. Yep. Yeah, we'll we'll see. It's a, that's a great question. I hadn't even considered. Let's talk about uh, somebody else who'll probably get cheered. That's Seth freaking Rollins. Yep. He's going to defend the or not defend. He's going to try to win the World Heavyweight Championship, and it was interesting, Dan, because Seth was filming these segments because he was you know in a Captain America movie, was filming it. And there was some speculation that, well, that's a bit of a Hollywood guy. Maybe we give the title to AJ Styles. That would have been some good shoot speculation. And it was very, very briefly alluded to on the Grayson Waller effect on SmackDown. But to follow up all the promo time Cody, or not Cody, Seth has had on Raw with that slap together Grayson Waller effect that was so short and obviously cut for time and treated with such little regard 
that it actually made Grayson Waller look bad, let alone AJ Styles. Styles has not ever been presented as a legitimate challenger. He's presented as this guy from SmackDown who, because they had nothing else to do, they lined him up for Seth Rollins to basically hand him this championship. Uh, And AJ has even said in interviews, he views it as a secondary championship, which doesn't help his odds of holding it. I, I just, I can't imagine AJ Styles wins this match. I don't think so either. I think they're already, you know, because I'm already hearing rumbles that they're teasing Seth versus Roman anyways. So I, I believe that they're they're going to tease Roman going after that belt uh, mm. at some point, which is very funny. But uh, yes, I, I don't. And yeah, especially when he mouthed off about the belt, AJ, mm. that is to the New York Post. I heard that as well. So. Yeah, he sees it as a secondary title, as it is. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'll be surprised if Seth doesn't win this. Yeah, and to that point, you know, the, the odds of the OC just showing up back on Raw weeks after they made such a big deal about the being on SmackDown, and that did nothing with them this week. Um, it's so hot or cold. It just seems like such a, a total waste of time. And do, yeah, do you remember when we talked about the draft and and how yeah. I, I I was insisting that. They will immediately violate the draft, and they immediately and now it's yeah. They for the one week they they tried this, they have a pass, and mm-hmm. now they don't even have the passes, and now it's it doesn't matter. I I will say the product seems reinvigorated. Um, I don't know if it's just that they've been so stale with the matchups they presented us on Raw and SmackDown over the last few years. I don't know if it's that Vince McMahon's been falling asleep on the Zoom calls and he's been giving less notes to Triple H. Product seems marginally better. How long that will last? Um, and, and honestly, the overall feel is still tarnished, um, but it has seen better since the draft. But to your point, um, that might very much just be temporary um, before, you know, we get deep into these stories and we realize that, you know, it's just the temporary excitement of new matchups that will not cover up bad storytelling. You're very forgiving to this product. I generally felt that I, way. I appreciate that. Next up, we've got, uh, I'd say Seth Rollins, better half, Becky Lynch taking on Trish Stratus, and I'm obliged to say thank you, Trish. Um, This will be, you know, an interesting match. One I I didn't necessarily think would happen at Saudi, Dan, um, but I I think it'll be a good match. Uh, I don't know where the hell Lita's gone. She's completely fallen off the face of the earth since she got attacked by Trish Stratus, which is worrisome, and no one seems to care. Um, But... This should be good. I think this is the female equivalent of Saudi money got Trish there uh, ASAP, um, but should be good. good. Trish deserves that Saudi money. That's true. I I thought Lita legit got hurt. Is that what? That's why she was been. Kept oh, out. okay. I'm not positive about that, but yeah, that it would could make be more it. sense. Uh, but this is good. This is. I'm glad again. I, I am sincerely happy for Trish Stratus that she can still come back and make this kind of money mm-hmm. in, you know, as a, as a, it's a very good one-off for, for Becky Lynch. And yep. uh, as long as she can do it, Trish, that is, then why not let her, I, I you know, she took a lot of crap from this company. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that she's getting paid in her later years, like paid well for this. I will say, especially since we're about to go into the women's championship matches, I would have much rather, even though I know this is a rivalry they've established, I would have been fine, Dan, to skip ahead to Rhea Ripley versus Becky Lynch and potentially Bianca Belair versus Trish Stratus because this whole story of they were women's tag team champions for like a hot minute, Lita is very obviously attacked by Trish Stratus. And, you know, they don't win the tag team titles. And a feud is built off that. And yet, you know, you look at the status of the, uh, of the women's tag team champions, let alone the NXT women's tag team champions, which have completely disappeared on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, does, it, it doesn't fit. And I think the two matches we're about to talk about uh, feel like filler content. So uh, I honestly, in a perfect world, I feel like this is a match you probably should have done at WrestleMania. You should have let Trish have a narrative. You should let Becky have a narrative. Give them both some time off. Like, this does not feel like the best version of this feud. Um, And potentially, maybe you should have just done Lita and Trish. I don't know. Like, I just think, I I think something is missing here. Uh, And it does feel kind of like we rushed through this. And I don't even think Trish Stratus has found her groove in this heel role. I think she's had a couple of good moments. But a lot of it. She's starting to find that voice. 
Exactly. I think she's going to do some sort of promo in her next program. And we're going to be, if there is an next program, we'll be like, oh, there it is. And she would have already moved on from Becky Lynch. And I think that's a bit unfortunate. Yeah, this exciting, hot new heel in Trish Stratus. And you <laughs> So what happens when Becky beats her? Beats her. Yeah. And and she's you're right. She's just finding her stride. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this is this is the fate of this of uh, a relentless pay per view cycle where you can't let you have to have you know they will they will rush feuds like this for that reason where they, they yeah, got to fill a card. Uh, it, but even if if it wasn't Saudi, it no. would be another pay per view or PLE. It would it would be something where they they would feel obliged that they have to get something on that show that is that that is often half baked like this. So yeah, if if Trish loses, she's not done. But it, would, mm. it but again, she's presented as this exciting new heel. Mm. So I don't know. Maybe she does go over. Or maybe you know she. But maybe maybe they'll if they feel that they have, you know, if they could uh, milk this until SummerSlam with her, then great, good for her. I, honestly, I think Rhea Ripley is so devoid of challengers. You have to put Becky over because you're going to have to hotshot Becky into a program with her, probably directly after this. Like they may foreshadow Becky and Rhea Ripley before the end of the show. I honestly think they have nowhere else to go with that Raw Women's Division. I. I couldn't even pitch to you an angle at this point. Who's what? Which show is Tony Stark on? Uh, she's on Zoe Raw. Stark. So, yeah, yeah, Zoe Stark. So you've got a bunch um, of. So you've got Trish. You've got Zoe. You've got a couple great heels. But uh, what baby face do you have to challenge Rhea Ripley aside mm. from quote unquote Natalia, who we'll get to in a minute, right. who's not even yeah. really a baby face? Um, so they've you know, Indy Hartwell is coming off an injury and probably destined for a tag team run um with with candace laray and that kind of knocks candace laray out of contention you, you know eventually you can do those programs um but you can't just have Rhea crushing people you have to give her a legitimate threat beyond natalia and selena vega i think that's there it's crying out for a test for Rhea ripley and she hasn't had a serious test yet maybe a returning mandy rose i hope not all right let's talk about the smackdown women's championship a little bit more Rhea ripley versus natalia um, I should also point out, you know, Natalia, I guess she was a baby face in the tag team division with Shotzi at WrestleMania. And then she was on Raw and decided she was a single star, even though she, Shotzi's back on Raw and she's in the tag team division still. So that tag team just spontaneously combusted out off camera uh, and no one really mentioned it. And again, uh, Rio's been getting a ton of TV time. Natalia, not even on Raw on Monday. She wasn't even there. Uh, and the time Rhea got was interrupting Apollo Crews because there was no time set aside for your women's champion. And it was more so to set up Dominic versus Apollo that night and a kind of throwaway line about Natalia, which, you know, Rhea did admirably, but is really not great building. Um, you know, I can't, like, Natalia will be a baby face in Saudi because she's been there so many times. She's one of the first people to go there. So she's she a heart, get- but she has Bret Hart's music. So like she'll get a bit of a pop, but this doesn't strike me, uh, especially when we talk about the other program, as a serious contention for Rhea Ripley. And on the heels of the Selena Vega thing, um, it's significantly less effective to try to run underdog babyface versus Rhea Ripley two months in a row. Once upon a time, this would have been a really cool match. Yep. And they could have, you know, if they had handled Natalia half decent in the past year, then mm. this could have been something as well. This always could have been something. And and the, these two could have a really good match, but there's mm. zero belief that Natalia's going to win. There's, there's zero. Uh, despite that, they could really have, the two of them could have an excellent match, but it, it won't matter because you're not going to buy it for one moment. And not even in a fun way. Like, we're not going to, mm. we'll get there in a second. But yeah. nobody's buying Ali beating gunther either however mm. you, you can see that being fun yeah uh this like i get it, it again it could we'll be a see. good match it could be yeah. a good match but i don't i yeah it it we'll see let me, let me spitball for you here you know given what's happened with Liv morgan and again this is hindsight it's definitely 2020 you very easily could have had raquel team up with Aaliyah, who's not doing anything she's probably going to get fired but you could you could give Aaliyah one last push in that spot and you could have had Natalia and Shotzi in that match. 
Shotzi could have turned on Natalia. You could have given Shotzi a little heat to be a heel. Natalia could be an abandoned baby face. She could have won a number one contenders battle royal or mini tournament, you name it. And I think this would be a significantly hotter program because you would have told the story of Natalia got her last chance only because there was an injury to Liv Morgan and now she's got the match. But we're not doing that. Instead, you know, Rhea Ripley's beating up Dana Brooke. I don't even know who it was anymore. Yeah. And Natalia comes down to defend her never friend, Dana Brooke, who yeah. has not been a part of this program since, which I guess sells Ripley a little bit, unless you watch main event. And it is what it is. All right, let's talk about the Raw Women's Champion. Who's on SmackDown still? Because they still have sorted that out almost a month later. Uh, it's Bianca Belair. She's going to take on Asuka. This one, Dan, is almost so weird that it works because Asuka had the WrestleMania match. Bianca Belair moved promptly on to, I think it was EO Sky at Backlash in Puerto Rico. Um, and Asuka kind of went away. And then when Bianca was in her hometown, she came out to shake her hand and missed at her. And it's, it's kind of butt backward, but it's weirdly fresh and I'm ready to see it again, which I can't really say about anything else on this card. Like by virtue of the fact they just forgot about Asuka for a month, there's an interest in her that I just don't really have for the majority of this card. I forgot this, this match was happening, but now mm-hmm. that you reminded me, I was like, okay. In, in this situation, they're going to uh, respect those two, this audience. I, I seem to remember that Oscar gets really over with the Saudi audience. So I think this, they're going to put on a show. Uh, there are two of my favorites in the company. Again, I, yeah, I wish there was a better, I mean, when is there ever, ever since NXT, has there ever been like a good proper build to an Oscar feud? It's, it, it, you don't get that, but do you get, uh, you know, she's still in my top like five favorite wrestlers in that company. Intercontinental champion Gunter's taking on Mustafa Ali. Mm-hmm. I think Mustafa might actually do this, Dan, but I think I'm just crazy. You think that Mustafa, with the power of positivity, is going to take down Gunther? Okay. Well, uh, I appreciate your your positivity as well. But we know this is this is going to be fun. I like. Look, you know, I'm a big Gunther fan, and I I actually am a big Mustafa Ali fan as well. This will mm-hmm. be fun. This won't be uh, Kofi and Lesnar at uh in saudi that time this will be a fun little match but little and and, uh i you know gunther should probably win this within five minutes all right we'll move on to double or nothing because there's a lot of wrestling happening and we're not even going to preview the nxt stuff aw world champion mjf is going to take on jungle boy darby allen sammy guevara it's the pillars of aw but again, Dan, I'm not super convinced that MJF is going to lose the title this early. I, I think they might have done the pillars of AEW stuff a little prematurely. I agree. I, I definitely, I'm I'm excited for this because they're gonna they're gonna break their necks. These kids, on, I hope they don't literally do that, but they're gonna try their darnness to make this to steal the show. Um, I wonder if this goes on last, but they're going to try and outdo the, we'll get to that in a second, but the anarchy match, because there's a lot of star power in that match. Yeah. But so these four have a specific uh, weight on their shoulders to carry this show, right? Because of how they're, they're the four pillars. No, MGF is in no danger of losing this. However they do it, I don't know how they're going to do it, but MGF will retain, but this will be a really good fun match and they're going to, Again, they're going to try really hard, and I'm I'm really excited for this one. Yeah, I think the match will deliver. I I just wish, I, I guess Dan, if they had, if some of these guys were coming off maybe TNT title, and they've had TNT title runs. A lot of these guys, I don't know if Jungle Boy's had it as much, but certainly Darby and Sammy have had those runs. Um, but it, you know, despite how alluring the idea is of a Pillars of AEW match, it just it should have felt hotter. Is, is sort of what I'm left with, right? But I would like them to be a faction one day, like the yeah, as in the three of them, the three baby faces and MJF will always be heel, but every now and again they, they come together like the Avengers to ward off some like a, a forbidden door kind of thing, like yeah. some invading kind of faction that comes in. And but that's what I've always hoped that they would do with them, but so we'll see. 
All right, let's talk about the AEW Women's World Championship here. Jamie Hayter is defending against Tony Storm. But, Dad, this doesn't matter because Jamie Hayter has to hold the belt until she faces Saray in the UK, right? Yes, that's exactly okay. right. Yeah, which would still be a great match, but... Uh, it's one of those matches that, again, just like Bianca and Oscar, I forgot this was happening until you, you read her. Yeah, It'll I couldn't tell you who Hayter was facing until I looked it up. Oh, I wish I, I want... I really like Jamie Hayter and I want more from this title run, but she still, she seems to be in the shadow of everyone around her. Yeah. I, I don't know how you do it, but the fact that Baker is now branching off into her own program with Jericho doesn't help things. And the programs aren't really intersecting that well. Uh, I think it's been a bit of a disaster. I I'm at a bit of a loss here. I, I think there's a lot of potential here. I don't know if the answer was just, they should have had Soraya win the belt here and have Hader go for the rematch in the UK and have to fight her way back. I think that would have been the story I would have told. Like this match should have been Soraya versus Jamie Hader. I do you think, think we'll, good. Sorry, go ahead, man. No, no, you go ahead. I was just going to ask you, like, who do you think will be a bigger star in that Wembley audience? Oh, I would guess Soraya just because there's probably a lot of old school fans, but very, very hard to say. And, you know, I I think that's the match you have to do. You can maybe make it a triple threat, but I, I just don't, you know, I don't think there's another play, um, you know, or maybe, you know, Dan, maybe you could have had Hater lose it to Soraya. They just destroy her and Britt Baker has to try to win it back. On but her there's behalf. so much time between now and then. Like there's yeah. so much television time. They got to put it on Soraya. Like, I, and that's mm. why it's it's a mistake not to do it here because... How long? When's the UK show again, Dan? I don't even remember. In August, like August, late August. So that's what I'm but, saying. There's so much yeah. TV that you, you're going to keep them in a feud until then. That I mean, that's in 20 years ago. I'd be like, okay, but yeah, it, no, that's you, you a see long how time. Like, that's that seems in modern wrestling. That's a long time. I think the other problem with this is this whole outsiders, insiders, whatever, originals, whatever you want to call it. I thought we were building to a five-on-five match. And it's kind of gone pretty cold. It's just kind of been stagnant as a three on three. Um, and it's, you know, on the other side, you have Baker, you have Hater, you have Sheeta because, you know, she's an original. She didn't wrestle in Japan before. Um, you have Sky Blue, you have Willow Nightingale. So if you started to fill out the outsider's role with an Athena, you know, and you can promote Ring you think of Honor. Sky that way. Blue would be on the, the original team. I think they've kind of slotted her there a few times. I, I like, but I guess the question becomes, Dan, I'm sitting here. I couldn't even tell you who the fifth AW outsider is. Like, does Tay Conte join by virtue of her affiliation with the JAS and her time in NXT? Does that count? She's an original. No, she's yeah. not. She does not count. She so was in NXT. Th- so she was in WWE. Like Athena. Yep. But who's the other person? Uh, I would say, what's her name? Um, Serena Deeb. Valkyrie? Okay, Adib would be great. I don't know where she is, but... Yeah, that would be fantastic. Like, it's just that... And I totally even forgot about the notion of a five-on-five match because they haven't even teased that out. But there are certainly five people on the original sides who have been a part of this. I would have Jade Cargill on the original side. Yeah, there's this another option. Like, anyways, it's a lot of... Nyla Rose. Where's Nyla Rose these days? Yeah, Nyla Rose would be a great... Like, there's you should be at least teasing that out even yeah. if you're not committing to stuff marina shafir if you want to get her back in the mix she's a former, when she gets yeah. back yeah like mm. is a former wwe person her husband is there sure. he's a former WWE, I'd accept like, that. which is a weird you know conflict with the jericho thing but maybe that's something you can play with like there's room to have some fun with this uh not to mention you know daniel bryan's wife is brie bella there's room to have some fun with this but you know, or Miro's wife is CJ Perry, who I've interviewed before. That'd be a good one. There's room to even tease, right? Like, look at how much attention they got when they teased Mercedes Money. Uh, Anyways, it's it's just such a missed opportunity. Speaking of which, let's talk about the tag team champions. FTR finally has them. And what's the first thing that happens? They stack the deck against them. Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett are going to take them on for those titles. Mark Briscoe is the referee, but he's going to have his hands full because you've got uh, Satnam Singh, Sanjay Dutt and Mrs. Jarrett, probably all at ringside. Um, I think it'll be fun, but it's it's going to be a lot. And you kind of make Mark Briscoe look like a bit of a loser here because he's going to struggle to keep Sanjay and Karen out of the ring. 
Uh, Satnam makes a bit of sense. He is a big man. I could understand a bit of hesitation there. But why Briscoe is not just going to instantly eject the other two the second they even make a noise he doesn't like is going to make no sense to me. And I know Dan A.W. has a bit of a problem with officiating generally. Yep. But to take someone like Mark Briscoe, who holds a very special place in most of our hearts, uh, and put him in this position, yeah. uh, seems like a massive mistake. It does. Well, it's it's it. I just ask: Is this? And the answer is no. But is this the best use of Mark Briscoe? Oh, absolutely not. It's no. But I, I, why isn't he going for like? I don't like. They could. There's so much goodwill towards him. Oh, dude, and, I and, would love to see him in the world title picture. Yes. Like, can you imagine if they did a fatal four-way with the other three pillars and they said, well, it's a pillars match. And Mark Briscoe says, well, I want to be in that match. I, I love pillars. I was a pillar of Ring of Honor. And he upset them all. And it was MJF versus Mark Briscoe. And the yes. promos MJF could yes. cut. Um, I don't even want to entertain what they can be. Exactly. I'll let your imagination. Yeah, of, I have a lot of respect for the Briscoes. There. But, of course, that would be incredible. It would be real. Yeah. Like th- these are the ones I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting for yep. the Eddie Kingston MGF feud. Mm. Assuming this will ever happen. Like yep. these are the things that I that that I really want. And again, so when Briscoe's in this, it it is it it has become a comedy match, right? Yeah. And it and it's just, I like there's and it's not even like. It's, yes, it's not the best use of Briscoe. Is this the best use of Satnam Singh? I don't understand or even why FDR. this guy's in a comedy. No, definitely right. So yeah. is it the best use of any of these people? Even Jarrett. Like, I actually been digging Jarrett in this role that he does. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the problem is for me, and, and I, mm-hmm. I, I once upon a time really liked him, and I mm-hmm. do like him as a, as a person, but the yep. problem is Sanjay Dutt. He's too comical. And he brings everybody down because of not everybody down, but he makes everything appear as a joke, Mm. right? Because he's way too comical in this. And you can't take any of it seriously. It it makes me wonder, you know, because we'll talk about Orange Cassidy's open or battle royale thing, which I'm not even sure what it is, to be honest with you. Um, But it kind of feels like why isn't Sanjay Dutt just cycling through all of these friends of his to try to face Cassidy in some sort of like, defeat the whole faction storyline because that seems to solve two problems. You have a funny champion. You have this affiliation of, you know, four people who are wrestlers and especially with Sanjay, he could have said the wrong thing and end up giving Briscoe the championship shot at the pay-per-view pissing everybody off. And then they kind of have to eat it and support Briscoe. Like, I think there's so much you can do, but we'll just, we'll move on. Dan. There's a lot of wrestling. The TNT championship is on the line. Wardlow is, is not facing Mark Briscoe because that would be a lot better than what we're going to get. He's going to face Christian Cage, which, Dan, for a pay-per-view match, um, seems like a really weird way to slowly get to Luchasaurus versus Wardlow. Yeah. I don't know why they did just do that in the first place. Well, I I am finding, maybe it's just me, but hmm. uh, that Christian is doing some of the best work he's done in his career yeah. as a heel. As a, as a mic piece, yeah. And we talked a few months back about who's the best. Like we you, we had a, a, a small debate about if Roman Reigns was a better heel than MJF. And, mm-hmm. and, and there's arguments for both sides. But Christian right now, to me, is yeah, the best great. heel in, in the company. Mm. more so than mjf because mm. he doesn't he doesn't mjf will go silly every now and then yeah, yeah and he Christian relies serious, on crutches you believe him and he's nasty and yep. and i'm really digging it so uh i would prefer you know to me i if i would prefer christian beats uh wardlow over luchasaurus if that's going to happen yeah but what christian go because that's a workman title, right? Like, I yeah. think that's the problem is I'm never going to believe Christian as the guy who can defend this title. And I don't want it to become the Roman Reigns title for, you know, AW where he just holds it forever and just is talking himself out. of. Like, I think there's something to be said for him selectively defending the title, but I don't think there's much mileage in it. And it's such a bizarre, like, I think there's some room in, okay, I represent a guy, but I got myself the title shot. And eventually, maybe he wants the title shot, but 
I don't know. It just, to your point, he's speaking so well. Why not use him to put Luchasaurus over and get this title on him and really make him a superstar? Like, this is the chance to do it. It didn't really happen. It didn't really happen out of the Jungle Boy feud. And if you're not going to do it now, is this guy, you know, instead of this guy becoming Kane, does he become Abyss? And I think it's kind of leaning and nothing against Abyss, but Abyss didn't have the career Kane had, despite being a great worker and a great personality but he just didn't do it in a big company at the right time. And this seems like that moment for Luchasaurus. Um, and I think Certainly, should... Yeah. I mean, if we're judging as, as you know, Luchasaurus has been around for a while. And at this point yeah. he, he hasn't had the career Abyss has. Yeah, right? even, I'm saying yeah. Abyss has had a better career than mm-hmm. so far. To this point. What, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, cause he, you know, he also had the transformation to the Joseph Parks character, mm. which did very well for him. Yeah. And now he's what, he's a backstage producer in WWE. Yeah. Well, it's well, a great landing spot. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the TBS championship. Jade Cargill is defending yet again against Taya Valkyrie, but this time, Dan, her finisher's not banned, but anyways, um, I, I don't really think this is going to be, the one that gets Cargill. I'm not even really sure why they're doing this again. The only real reasoning is it was so bumbled and fumbled and such a nonsensical narrative because Taya Valkyrie definitely did that move before Jay Cargill. So how this would ever be a legitimate thing of this move is banned is, is it's, it's backwards. Like if Taya Valkyrie said, Oh, I do this move better than you, but I don't need it to beat you fine but even still to get to this point where we're just doing this again um i don't care and i really don't think the title will change hands no that's not and because the reason why all of this is happening is my theory is because of lack of contenders mm. for jade cargill so they're stalling they have to have a reason to do this again because you notice of course you notice they've kept away most of the main women from jade cargill yep the Britt bakers the uh, jamie haters mm-hmm. all of the outcasts yep. they've kept them all away from her uh, from jade that is mm-hmm. uh and so there's the they have even like thunder rosa there's a lot of people that the so they're they're really uh desperate for contenders for jade cargill mm-hmm. so it's either they hope uh statlander comes back soon and she's super over mm-hmm. because that's it because uh who, yeah. i mean or you start letting people like Britt Baker go after it. Yeah. And, and maybe after a couple, she gets, I, cause I just, mm-hmm. there's so little interest in this whole thing right now. Um, yeah. And Cargill is someone they market the product on yeah. and uh, you, you can't, you know, you can't just give her the scraps essentially of contenders. It, it just right. isn't much. All right. Let's talk about the AEW international championship. It's orange Cassidy. He's going to defend it. In a battle jack battle royal, Dan, what the hell is that? It's um, I guess he does he come in first? Does he because is it is he he wants to defend it against everybody? I guess, yeah. Uh, and it's a battle royal, but really, it's look, they're gonna sacrifice a lot of people to make Orange Cassidy look good. I Mm. hope uh, he he sends them all a Christmas card because he's gonna retain. Mm-hmm. And he's Most gonna likely, and, yeah. and he's gonna beat twenty other people with his hands in his pocket. So he he better be very nice to those twenty other wrestlers because they're gonna do him an, uh, a really good job for him. And I think the problem becomes Dan. Either you put people in this who are so spectacular that it's insane, or you leave them off the card. Right? We're talking about like Swerve Strickland. Um, oh, yeah. uh, another name escaped me. You can help me out here. Um, Miro. Uh, who- those yeah they shouldn't be the in card. they shouldn't be in this match uh keith lee they yep. this should be filled with people like lucha dustin brothers rhodes, commander maybe? yeah sure dustin rhodes can be in this qt marshall yep. these are this is what uh, the, the the remnants of private party all hmm. these are people that should be in this match you do not should well, have Miro one of the remnants uh andrade people like this should not be in this match because yeah. uh they're not going to win it and uh, it, they'll just look silly to the, losing to the guy who will keep his hands in his pocket and beating 20 other people. So it's possible that Cutler and uh, Nakazawa could be 10% of this field. They should be. And look, I'm a, I, uh, it sounds like I, I'm disrespecting Orange I like Orange No, but that's what lot, it has actually. to be. Yeah. But, but you, it doesn't look good. I'm saying a lot of people are going to be, to be made look bad in this situation, unfortunately. 
All right, we will move swiftly on because I don't know what else to say about that. Uh, with Anarchy in the Arena, it's Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and Hangman Page taking on Brian Danielson, John Moxley, Claudio Castanoli. I think I said that right. And Wheeler Yuta. I kind of feel like the elites are the favorite here, Dan, but the fact that this is the one match that I think is truly a toss up is sort of an indictment on the rest of the card, but it does speak to how great this should be. And the fact you can just go in and say, look, it's anybody's game. Anything can happen. This should be spectacular. This is going to be wild. And uh, I don't think it'll be on last, but it, hmm. it'll it be hard. To, it'll be certainly hard at the top. There's a lot of star power. I'm assuming the freshly reunited elite hmm. will win going over like yeah, a Wheeler Yuta. Yuta or maybe Claudio will be generous hmm. to take the pen. Yeah, no, I think that's the way to go. Uh, honestly, Dan, I think you can make an argument for this to be the main event, even though it's not a title match. Definitely, with the people think, involved, yeah. And I think quite earnestly, you can make an argument that, you know, if you're sitting there like I am, and let's say you haven't bought this pay-per-view yet, you could kind of justify just on this match. Like, of you course. put on the other matches, you could make dinner, you could get a snack, you could do some errands. But like, this is the match you would sit down yeah, and watch. Totally. Um, I honestly don't know if I can make that case for another match as conclusively. The Battle Royal will be interesting for like, you know, little... the Pillars match. Yeah, the Pillars match will deliver on the night. Um, but this, I think, is going to be head and shoulders. Probably the very best night of the in- or match of the entire weekend and a busy weekend in wrestling. Uh, I just don't think anything can touch this. And it's somewhat funny that it's, it's sort of a holdover from the pandemic. Obviously, people will be around in this case. Um, and it probably won't be as cinematic as we've seen in the past, but I, I don't not. even think I don't even think that matters, right? Because just the creativity of these eight men and the kind of thing we've seen some of them do in this kind of situation before, and some of them we've never seen in this situation before, um, it's it's going to be really really fantastic. It's going to be um, violent. Yeah, it's going to be very violent, but. Yeah, it's going to be great. All right, let's chat about Chris Jericho and Adam Cole in an unsanctioned match. Cole should win, but Jericho might not let him go over is kind of the story of this one. What do you do with this match? What, what is not going to happen in the Anarchy match? Like, you can't, like, what are you going to do to... Uh, this is going to be... Uh, and and the, the four-way by traditional modern wrestlers standards, when you have usually have a four-way, that means there's hmm. also no rules, right? Yep. Or, uh, so what are you going to do with this? What, 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 I, I, unfortunately, this really feels out of place, even though the build has been decent. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's actually been, a, you know, I liked what they did the other night um, with Roderick Strong and all, but, but it, for, with, when you have an anarchy in an arena match and you also have uh, an unsanctioned match, that's too yeah. much. And then what can you do? What do we, what are we going to see in this that we're not going to see in the other one? I think the only way, because I'm envisioning the anarchy in the arena match, and it should, especially given the entrances, it should probably start with John Moxley's entrance, Moxley entering with the pole, Blackpool Combat Club without William Regal. Uh, it should start with that. And the elite, you know, probably already having entered, just rushing them and just basically attacking Moxley from about the halfway point when he's in the crowd. I think that's how you do it. So the question becomes, how do you make this Jericho Adam Cole match different and the only thing that jumps out to me, Dan, is that you film something, maybe not at the airport, but at the hotel or whatever, where these two guys are fighting in the hotel and you rejoin it at some point in the night and you just make it feel like some sort of uh, the, the fight started before the show and you cut into it at some point in between and you just put it somewhere totally different, like a hotel or a lobby or, you know. Uh, they're, they're in Vegas, right, Dan? Or are they somewhere yes. else? Okay. Maybe it's somewhere iconic on Vegas on the strip or whatnot that's not in the arena. And I think that's the only way you can make it work because otherwise you're right. It's just going to feel like a simplistic version of anarchy in the arena. They did this, uh, they did WWF at the time yep. uh, on the very first televised Slammy Awards. I'm not sure if you ever saw this, but they did it. They did a, a a show long angle where Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Harley race fought all through the backstage, the stage, every, and they just kept cutting back in between giving out awards to this fight. The fight happened throughout the whole two hours. And so uh, it sounds like what you were describing there, what uh, they would do. So, so yeah, so it, 
it's been a while. So th- th- yeah, that could be something. So it could be a good filler where if they, they cut away to the screen and then mm. they show these two fighting. Yeah, I can. Uh, I don't know if they would do that, but mm. uh, I could. That would be something different. It needs something distinct to your point. And I hadn't even put those two things together until literally those two matches were said out loud in sequence on the card. Lastly, and again, they're probably going to add a crap ton of matches to this, unfortunately. Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, Isaiah Cassidy taking on Ethan Page and the Guns. If the Hardy party wins, uh, Matt controls Page's contract, which kind of This is on like- the pay-per-view? I probably I thought shouldn't. this was on Rampage. This is seriously, this is on the pay-per-view. This is based on whatever article I Googled okay. uh, that was posted a couple of days before our taping here. Um, to your point, it probably should be on the pre-show. And I think, again, the only Rampage. option here is for the Hardy Party to win. I still don't really get, Dan, how the guns got involved in this and why it isn't just like <laughs> leftover mom- members. How could of, Jeff Hardy get involved in this? Like, didn't Ethan Page have like six friends? Like, yeah, how was yeah. it not just Big Bill... Yeah. The and, firm and yeah, and the other guy, what's his name? Is the firm still a thing? Moriarty. Moriarty. Yeah, Moriarty the firm, yeah. I think they've tried to reposition Big Bill and Lee as a tag team, but yes, it still would have made more sense for them to be the tag team teaming up with Ethan Page than strong arming the guns in here. Um, and they kind of seem totally out of this place. This is really on the pay per view. That's what Google's telling me. I, I will okay. not guarantee that. Uh, this is news to me, but okay. All right. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. Uh, Dan, before before we go, and I'll, I'll shout out NXT in a second. The trios titles are not on this uh, card yet, uh, and neither is the FTW champion. Does that matter? F- Weird. What is it like? Have we seen Hook in a long time? Hook has not that really. belt. So no. For, well, look, I love Hook, but I don't, not for that. That title doesn't need to be on this show. Uh, the trio, the House of Black. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, well, I don't know. I who are they feuding with right now? Uh, so, the claimed with Billy Gunn. That'll probably get added. I think that's going to get added to the pre show okay. or the night of because I think that's a pretty built program. This is, yeah, it'll be a long one. But okay, look, let's talk this. Let, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. You got two. I know there's an NXT show that we're not counting, but I'm going to throw it all in in a second. Just honestly, a you tell me. Okay, you tell me out of the three shows, what are you most excited for? Which show? I think Anarchy. Oh, okay. As a show, I was going to say as a match, Anarchy in the Arena. Okay. I think the Night of Champions show. No, you know what? I'm going to say the NXT show, Dan. And I'm going to really, I was going to, I'm going to make a point here. The, okay. I don't think Carmelo Hayes is going to lose his title to Braun Breaker. He's going to Louisville in Massachusetts, and that's kind of where he's from, so fine. But you're going to get a new NXT Women's Champion and probably Tiffany Stratton, not Lakira uh, Valkyria, Valkyria, whatever the hell her name is now. But Tiffany Stratton's gone on a pretty significant journey to become Women's Champion. And I don't think either show is going to give us someone's one-year progression to be champion at either of the other shows, which is crazy to me that we're talking about three shows and Tiffany Stratton is the one that has the best arc, um, you know, story arc. I want to be clear about that. As for the North American championship, Wesley's defending against Tyler Bate and Joe Gacy. Tyler Bate's kind of turning heel. I think that title is going to change. I think the Creed brothers could become the NXT tag team champions and Gallus could literally go back to the UK. Dragon Lee could become the new Heritage Cup champion. To me, that's the, and it's also going to be the shortest show. And I think to me in this weekend, I think I'm going to walk away from that NXT show strangely satisfied in a way I'm not with these other two shows. But that's just me. The most appealing thing of what you just said was that this would be the shortest show. Yeah. Because the other two will be long, especially the AEW one. But you're you're saying otherwise that Tiffany Stratton is the thing you're looking forward to most on this weekend. I think if we were talking about narrative progression, um, you know, her rise from daddy's girl to toodles to, I'm joking here a bit, but she has had a a one-year journey, including injury, probably more than a year, to become NXT Women's Champion. Seth Rollins decided after a few hours that he wants this belt that they made up because Roman isn't around. Like, that's the comparison, right? And on AEW, MJF's going to keep the pillars of the future from interfering for another little while. Okay. Well, you're going to do good stuff in Anarchy you, in the Arena. You made a uh, valiant effort. Yeah. To- narratively, the elite are coming back together. 
but hangman just kind of showed up there wasn't much pull and pull push and pull over the last few months to say you know like there was kind of these backstage moments where they crossed paths and things were left unsaid and maybe if i went and binged being the elite for the next two hours i would be able to scrap up another couple of seconds of narrative here but it's not the most earned narrative you know like it is just something we know is good by the virtue of who's in it and what they've done it's not something that's good because of the story that's been told and maybe the story that comes after it should be quite great um but it it is again amazing to me dan you know you could come away from this weekend be spending 16 bucks here in canada as we do on the network spending 50 plus bucks on this aw pay-per-view the thing that's got the best narrative is tiffany stratton wow like i'm actually excited even though she's a heel i'm excited to finally see her go over and become like not even go over but finally become champion after all this time you know i hope you know what i i sincerely hope that she listens to this clip that she probably that you, that you had that you singled her out i don't know i sincerely believe that she would greatly appreciate that but all the talent over the weekend that's that we're gonna see that you singled her out and i'm being sincere that she, yeah. i'm sure she would greatly appreciate that okay i'm gonna say it again in a succinct way just because you highlighted it yeah of all the things happening this weekend three pay-per-views or premium live events the one that is the best story and the best thing that can happen is tiffany stratton winning the nxt women's championship period all right dan anything else you want to say before i gush about nxt anymore i appreciate what you're done for this young lady uh but i I feels like charity i feel like i just granted a wish I well, you know that's that's very nice that you did that. And you're good. I'm, I haven't been watching the product, so I can't say either way if that's. But uh, that that's nice. But still, I will. If I have to choose one thing, I am going with double or nothing this weekend. Yeah, and look, there's a lot of great stuff, and I think as a match, Anarchy in the Arena will be that of match. Course. Yeah, and look, maybe coming out of it, the stories the elite tell. Um, and maybe, you know, in parallel with the contrasting stories that one Philip Brooks may be telling on a mm. collision show, which seems to be featuring all his friends, um, might be a very interesting time uh, in AEW, unlike anything we've seen before. And hopefully it is. Uh, Dan, always a pleasure. Um, this was a long one because there's so much wrestling. And, and I actually have things to do this weekend, so I am definitely not going to be able to watch it all. I know. So that's unfortunate. But uh, is that is life, and that's why we do podcasts like this to try to figure out what matters to us. And for you, it's AW. For me, it's NXT. Um, you know, WWE got their money for the Saudi show, so everybody, everybody's wins. happy. Yeah. Thanks again for this. Never sleeps network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. 